Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Robert Blake. Robert, you want to give everyone a bit of a background or an intro to yourself? Sure. Uh, thanks for uh, hosting me on uh, another one of your great shows. And I'm happy to be a part and maybe shed some light on uh, investing uh, in the United States or using U.S. dollars, uh, to be more exact. Uh, my background, uh, I guess since 2000, I've been uh, a real estate investor uh, full-time and uh, primarily in Canada. That's uh, where I live, just outside of Toronto. And uh, but probably in around 2011, 2010, I uh, started uh, doing some uh, strategic acquisitions outside of Canada um, in a sunny tropic place uh, called the Turks and Caicos. So uh, I guess that's the reason why we're, <laughs> we're here today. Yeah. Um, in addition, uh, I'm a licensed uh, I guess if you want to call it a private equity or dealing representative, uh, that's sort of my passion. All Everything I do and invest is with my own dollars, and I like to be close to it with our own private real estate in, in around the, the GTA or uh, Turks or um, if I'm investing in other larger scale projects, which are beyond my scope, like a REIT. Yeah. And that's why I got licensed in uh, as a dealing representative so I can speak to the CEOs and managing partners and, and keep close to my money. So that's a little bit about myself. I'm, a, I guess, a professional engineer by trade, a chemical engineer, and I abandoned that in around 2000 and kind of switched into real estate. So cool. So for the, the lending sort of thing, um, you just you just work with your own money. You don't like... Uh, I know there's some people who do that have a, a similar license and I believe they like basically work to help f facilitate like, uh, you know, private money exchanges and, and stuff like that. Is that kind of, what, am I on the right path? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm registered in Quebec and in Ontario okay. with the Ontario Securities Exchange and pretty much, I mean, where the space, um, where I use the space mostly is with registered funds. So TFSA and RRSPs. Yeah. And uh, clients that, including myself, I had lousy returns when the banks managed my money. So that's why I went into self-directed through Olympia Trust yeah. and took control of my money. And uh, not only private lending peer to peer, yeah. which, you know, mortgages from, from uh, one lender to another. Um, I found the private equity space under Olympia Trust as well. And, you know, investing in REITs and car washes. And, and so um, I do utilize both of those uh, facilities under Olympia Trust and yep. uh, for a good 10 plus years. So I'm, I'm quite familiar with that space. That's great. Okay. So yeah, maybe we'll get back to the meat and potatoes. So you, <laughs> I always get interested in what everyone's doing. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, <laughs> Turks and Caicos, like especially this time of year, <laughs> uh, like we're filming this in uh, was it early early February? So it like it, this is a it, it's a very sexy time to uh, 
to be in Turks and Caicos instead of here in Ontario. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe tell me how you went down that, that journey. Well, uh, it was 2009 uh, when I went down to Turks and Caicos for the first time. And uh, if everyone recalls, uh, we had the economy blow up in uh, pretty much everywhere, the global financial meltdown. And uh, I, I had a trip booked down into Turks in the spring. I think this happened September 2008. And uh, 2009, I was already going down to Turks. And I went down there, flew down, walked out into their 13-mile beach right in the middle center ice, looked one way, looked the other way, and went, oh, my God, like I just got to be here. And the, <laughs> the aqua blue water, not a cloud in the sky, the beach sand was like talcum powder. <laughs> and, and I just literally like that, very few things in my life I've been pretty definitive on being an engineer. You know, I like to weigh so many things, you know, paralysis or analysis, I admit. But that one, I was like, oh, man, I got to be here. So within, within a, I guess, maybe within a year, I was down there six, seven months at a time. And again, it was terrible timing on my part uh, because of the global financial crisis. I couldn't get any leverage um, money down there. I couldn't get a lot of interest from uh, people that were following me and investing with uh, infill projects in Oakville. Uh, just the appetite was pretty, uh, pretty scary as everyone could imagine or recall. And so anyhow, I kind of went out, tried to buy two hotel sites and same thing. I couldn't get things done um, satisfactorily. And so I kind of abandoned those and just went and bought some land and, um, and sort of worked on that process. And you know, it's been there 10 years in the making and then I've sold uh, a parcel or two of the land over the years and things like everyone expects, you know, over time it all appreciates. I'm not a genius. It was just appreciation, right. You know, over time. And, uh, and now one of them, um, I want to retain and hold a beach uh, property. Pardon me. Let me clarify that's iron shore. It's not beach. Um, so it's on the opposite end of the Island. Uh, it, to center ice, it's still a five minute car drive, which is not far by any imagination. And, uh, and so basically build a villa and go vertical. So I've been sitting on this for years and years and years and COVID hit and uh, looking for things to do. And it's kind of like, you look at your own asset mix and go, let's, let's do this thing. So that's where we are sort of today. I do have some drawings that have scaled up, uh, on the property, but um, we, over 10 year time, I kind of revisited that and, and the market has changed. Back then they didn't have Airbnb. Actually, that's not true. It was just starting back in 2010, 10-ish okay. right, from what I recall. And Whenever I um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. And, and then similarly on the island, in order to rent a villa, they had three or four booking websites <laughs> so I was kind of turned off by the uh, the control around renting the villa so I kind of held off on that and now we've got Airbnb we've had VRBO you know these booking.coms all these different booking engines whereby I don't feel I could get manipulated and out played of course through seo and things like that you still can do it but 
Um, you know, I think I've got a fair shake now. Um, I, actually, it's a, you know, it's a friend of mine that's been down there for 30 years. Yeah. That is sort of the host. Yeah. When people get off an airplane, he'll greet, meet them, put them in the place. So he's going to be part of the design team to build out um, what is necessary to have an excellent experience for clients on the island and specifically in the sun and and all the things they're looking for and, and as everyone can imagine COVID only accelerated private villa um, market instead of being in a condo or a hotel and uh, so you know not it's no surprise to see that you know their Turks and Caicos is no different than Canada you know the prices are up the construction's up and uh, they were unique in the uh, Caribbean where uh, the British Overseas Territory got them the vaccines, first and second dose, 12 months ago. So Canada didn't even have a first dose 12 months ago, if I recall. And so what they felt in Turks and Caicos, the British Overseas Territory, felt the best thing to do is get everyone vaccinated, keep them safe, keep them working because the facts of life are anywhere we are, the unemployed, you know, they need to survive and crime will increase. So it was a strategic move on Turk's case and they kept the economy rolling. And uh, they, when July, they opened the borders again, okay. everybody flooded in because their borders were open. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so where's a lot of the, the British there, right? So anytime people mention the British in any of those places, um, does is that because I know, like for instance, if we wanted to as Canadians go get mortgages in you know Great Britain, it's no problem, right? Because we're sort of on the same sort of thing. Is that the same sort of case down there for Turks and Caicos, or is it something different? When I started investing in the U.S., I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that. GlennSutherland.com slash coaching. A 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at GlennSutherland.com slash coaching. It's exactly the same. It's as the British rule. So oh, awesome. and we're very, we're very familiar with that in that, you know, I had looked at Mexico and other areas, but my personal preference was the British system, British rule, uh, you know, the Privy Council, all these types of things are as an investor from Canada into the United, into that territory. And, and one of the major reasons I went down there is because the almighty US dollar you know, the Americans still um, are the most influential people around the globe when it comes to secondary properties and things. I don't have anything to back that up, of course. But on Turks, about 70% of the properties, 70% uh, of visitors are Americans. And when the Americans are doing well, the island does really well, especially the stock market the last two years has done really well. Americans are uh spending on in real property down there um and similarly you can see that they're on their runway they have a private uh, runway uh, facility what do you call it private jets yep 
and 10 years ago, when I was down there, there were small net jets, you know, and I still was impressed, right? You know, these small little planes flying in. This time when I go down there, they're all the big G3s. Yeah. And I'm just amazed at the Americans and the money that they spend on their toys and fly down. And, and they don't want to commingle with us common folk in the commercial airline division. So we don't even see them. So the likes of Bruce Willis and all them have now their own private FBO airport that they can fly in out of and not, <laughs> you know, not be harassed. And uh, that's important for, you know, I guess if you have that kind of money, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you, cause you're talking about raw land down there. Um, have you looked into like what the leverage rates are? What kind of interest rates, like what are they, do you know what that's when you when you get to that stage of putting the property and what that's even going to look like? Uh, yes and no. So the key thing is three Canadian banks are down here, okay. which is uh, which is you know was appealing to me. RBC opened up here about two thousand eight when I first came down two thousand nine. Um, Scotia Bank is down here, okay. and so is uh, CIBC. So those are the three lenders. They do have private lenders on island as well, right? As you would imagine. Yep. And uh, on, a, on an interest rate basis, because these aren't directly reporting into Canada, they, um, they actually, most of them, I believe, report into the Bahamas and Bahamas is a separate division in Canada. Um, all the loans are still uh, facilitated, underwritten out of Toronto so that they still use all those resources, but they do work off of more of the LIBOR rate in when it comes into the United States, um, Turks and Caicos. And, and generally speaking, the interest rates are higher. They're, I think, more typical of the United States and that, you know, two or three points higher, you know, the four to five range um, down there because of the added risk. And then the other part of it being is their amortizations. The Canadian banks are uh, a lot tighter on their amortizations. They don't like to see 25. They more like to use 15. Okay. So as a result, your principal payments Be higher. are much higher. So does that mean um, the property values are lower too? Or what, do, what's, what, how do they sort of fall in? No, the property values um, are, are very significant down there. Like when you're talking uh, beachfront, it's about three, three million plus an acre. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's a lot of cash in Turks and Caicos. Uh, Americans coming down with cash, buying uh, their villas, you know, anywhere from 5 million to 20 million plus, right? And so it's a big, big, big cash society. And I think a lot of it, um, there's a couple of trust fund companies down there. One I use uh, more than others. And, you know, there's a lot of, for Canadians that are interested in that uh, own private businesses, there's ways to, you know, legitimately use this as a tax strategy to go forward. Okay. Um, so I'm very familiar with sort of that process down there. Um, and they're run by Canadians as well. So that was sort of a comfort level with me, um, helping me out for the last 10 years. I still own real property, still own stuff down there. So it hasn't been stolen from me, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and truthfully, they report into their financial services commission as well. 
Do you th- are you worried about them stealing it to you? I know if you if you're an American or Canadian went and bought in Cuba, you know that you they can take the property back. And it, that's true. I don't think you can even buy it there now anymore. That's true. No, I I'm I'm not uh, truthfully uh, because of the British overseas yeah. territory. Yeah. There there may be some cause for concern if they go independent, okay. um, which is sort of a mandate of all British overseas occupied territories you know anguilla there's a whole bunch of them right um even cayman islands you know there there is a ongoing trend by the imf is that um basically the british get out of them and and make them all independent and it brings up all kinds of issues right how do they police themselves uh, you know warships stuff like this so there's a whole host of things but yeah. The American embassy is is down there. Uh, the Americans uh, pay very close attention because there's so many American tourists and so much American money down there. So that that is helpful. Canadians as well. Uh, you know, they've they've Turks have had some troubles, but uh, in the past 2009 and that. But truthfully, I've seen all this. It's a, it's no different than we have troubles at our border at the moment and. And, you know, it's a bit uh, daunting, but when I always felt comfortable owning real land and real property and real buildings and, um, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, that's, what can I say? (laughs) (laughs) So you have some, a bunch of raw land down there and you said you had some blueprints. Um, uh, is it that you hit some snags? Is it difficult to get the permits to build? Is it, I've heard about like some other people I've interviewed from like distances of land. Is it, does it get comp or like to the water and stuff? Does it, is it overly difficult to build there or are you seeing any roadblocks? No roadblocks, pure catch. So where I'm at in my career yeah. is um, I like to build things in cash. And then when the assets stabilize, then I like to, leverage the properties so that that is sort of the way my position where i've been with turks the whole entire time and um, and that's kind of where to go vertical on the building hard and soft costs where you know to certain i say call them founders you know i'd like to identify some founders that would like to come in and partake in the actual villa design you know, I mean, it, I'm not saying, hey, you know, guys, what do you need? I certainly know that, but I guess to be more enticing, if people wanted to get involved, they can partake and see how it is a villa is laid out in the islands. And, you know, again, part of our team is I've got the mortgage company, I've got the trust company, I've got to um, a 30 year veteran on the island, same age as me, went to my high school in Oakville that's there, boots on the ground. I, I know there, I've spent a significant amount of time there, three or four years down there, in fact, um, six, seven months at a time. And, uh, and basically, uh, you know, understand the process, how to get stuff down there. The approval process is very easy. It's, it's nothing like Canada, you know, submit your drawings and go. It's, um, it's not difficult at all. Everything's built out of block in Turks and Caicos and parged. So, um, you know, and rebar and 
very limited amount of wood is used there and any kind of fit and finish is brought in out of Miami by container, which is problematic at the moment, yeah. um, given, you know, all the issues with COVID. So I'm not suggesting to get in the ground right away because of inflated prices, but to do the drawings now, yeah. um, you know, take six months to get the drawings and within 15 to 24 months, I like to see this thing vertical and operational and and basically you've got 52 weeks calendar of the year that is open for business and yeah. at the best you see and what i've seen over a 10 year period is anything more than 30 weeks a year that you expect to be occupied you're a little bit dreamy on that side but 30 weeks a year yeah. um 1500 bucks a night is about a villa about ten thousand dollars a week um that these things command so they're quite oh, yes. they're quite lucrative us dollars uh us cash in many cases um and then at christmas time you'll see ranging about twenty five thousand dollars to forty thousand dollars for christmas week and new year separate so you can bring in a pretty big haul just yeah. those two two dates <laughs> No, it doesn't sound like you're building a little shack either. What, what, what no, are you trying to build here? <laughs> I'm kind of being uh, directed by, I work with Sotheby's, um, which is, as everybody knows, is massive when it comes to real estate around the globe. And uh, they're sort of advising and directing in combination with um, the host is saying, you know, four bedrooms are great, but five is better. And if you can do 10, even better. But when you start getting into the 10 plus, you know, that's a different snack bracket. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's appropriate for say my appetite for risk and not necessary. And uh, so about the four to five range. And as you can imagine, that square footage would vary whether it's four or five. So I don't have bolted down the exact budget yep. and um to for construction and then you need furniture yeah. and and some landscaping out there and um so you know there's there's a lot of opportunity as i call it there is some buy renovate um yeah you know refinance on the back end right and and go repeat this process and it can be on turks or it could be other islands as well uh, i'm quite familiar with turks and comfortable with it um but i'm i'm open once i do one I'm pretty much i'm not too concerned about it's got to be centered around like how do you have proper deed and title um like that would be my criteria on where i would go and make sure i don't lose the property through nationalism or something <laughs> Yeah, and the U.S. traction, the U.S. dollar down there, man, does it motivate a lot of people. So within the whole Caribbean, they use all kinds of currencies, but all the labor is attracted to Turks because they're paid in U.S. dollars. So that is, uh, you know, is such a strong currency and strong attraction. And uh, you know, Turks is only truthfully, maybe the mid '90s is when it really started to evolve. 
And it, you didn't really hear about it until maybe 2009, maybe 10 years later when things started going sideways. Uh, but everything down there is new. It looks like Miami South Beach. The restaurants are fantastic. Whereas, personally speaking, when I go to Bahamas and I go to the other older Caribbean islands that were built in the colonial style in the 60s and 70s, it, it doesn't really appeal to me. I'm more of a modern, modernistic sort of guy, right? Clean lines. And, uh, you know, investors or Canadians and Americans will be very familiar with the style down there not so much british colony anymore <laughs> so i've never been to turks and caicos so um what language um do they have like a, a rainy season like you know like if you go to uh, costa rica or something where there's is that why the, the 30 week thing you were talking about those are my two questions language and is there like certain seasons like that because i've never been there so <laughs> yeah it's uh so there is a rainy season, hurricane season. So hurricane season is effectively June 1 until I think November 1. So it's quite a long hurricane yeah. season. Um, really when the waters get warm enough to actually start seeing the hurricanes come across is typically into September. So you'll see things shut down the month of September for repairs and maintenance and primarily because tourism dies off in the anticipation of a hurricane. So uh, these, all these buildings are built, um, the Canadian standards, uh, there's a, an architect out of Oakville down there that uh, brought down sort of Canadian standards, Canadian engineering, Canadian safety, and they've over-engineered these buildings to withstand, you know, these hundred mile winds, etc i think i think the standard's even 200 mile to take a two by four on end to fly into the side of a, a block wall which is full of rebar yeah. like you won't see stucco down there because you know you'd have all these uh boulders sticking in the side of the stucco right so right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know, insurance is going to be nuts too with uh if you have all these hurricanes right you're going to be doing repairs every that's correct insurance is is higher down there for sure yeah but you know, on a on a on a revenue basis, there's significant revenue in these properties. You know, depending where you are, probably 150 US a year to maybe some of them are running 300,000 US a year in in revenue. And um, part and parcel of back in the old day, 50% revenue would go to your booking agent. And somebody that would meet and greet at the hotel slash property manager, right? So, in sort of where I'm addressing this now is a fellow Canadian buddy of mine down there for 30 years is saying, hey, look, I'll do this for about 25%. So, you know, that it's, you know, managing the property that is yeah. and making sure it's maintained and used. And you do want to use these things because pipes when they're not used are all pvc the glue dries out you know you need to use these properties and similarly all the waste from the uh you know human waste it all goes through a septic system and then it's used to water all the plants so oh. if you don't use them then the plants all die so it's kind of a these are living cycles these villas and you want to keep them busy and and that's where 
as investors, um, you know, as founders, if you will, people that have an interest in this, you know, those those 20 some odd weeks that can't be used, maybe there might be four hurricane related, right? Or five, but the balance, you know I mean? It's the barter system, use it or barter this, your weeks away. And so yeah. it's a form of return. So not everything Glenn is pure return on investment. That's tangible. Some of it's intangible by way of use. And if you put it in the neighborhood of $10,000 a week to use it um, or trade it for dollars in a sense, right? But that's where sort of founders will come into this level. And in depending on the amount of debt that we leverage on the property responsibly means we, we would open up the calendar more. So if we took on tons of debt, we would need the full calendar to earn revenue to pay for all this debt. If we just take on modest debt, you know, we can earmark less weeks to pay for the debt and, uh, and, and use it. And generally speaking, I'm thinking more of a, a four to five year hold. And yeah. uh, this is private equity at its purest. Uh, there really is no exit um, with the except like a redemption. It's, we're in this together for four or five years. Um, an equity takeout can be done through a mortgage. Yep. Um, again, those are some of the players that I'd like to attract as well or mortgageable. So I've, I've paid for all the land. So I've, I've done a, a big contribution myself. So, um, and then, you know, from an operational perspective, I would oversee it and make sure everything's uh, booked, running, operating, property management, if you want to look at more of an asset management yep. um, process and yeah so that sounds, it's, that sounds awesome that sounds so warm <laughs> yeah no it does it's expensive it, but it sounds really warm <laughs> yeah no it is, right? it is it is expensive but you know where where i kind of see things is like it back to sort of olympia trust in that a lot of you know a lot of clients in around hamilton i speak to a lot of people around there you know, they've made a tremendous amount of money on when they bought their asset to where the prices are today. They're, they're hitting a million dollars for these duplexes in Hamilton now and abroad, not just Hamilton, just one yeah. segment. And, you know, there's a lot of property owners are sitting there in debt equity, if you want to call it, and combine that with Olympia Trust clients with RSP money sitting there, same thing. And they want to do self-directed so you kind of could maybe marry up olympia trust with property owners that want to expand that debt equity and come down into the turks and caicos and bring with cash yeah pardon me and come down there and the company that i work with the trust company is the way we've notionally set this up it's not formal yet is that the funds remain with the trust company until the work is completed on the property. Because again, I don't want to be, I don't want to get into an issue of where funds are missing or whatever. So yeah. the trust company receives all of this money. They sit on it in trust. They're registered with the Turks and Caicos financial, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, financial services yeah. commission. 
And then an appraiser comes to the property, like in construction in Ontario, they quantify, they quantify what has been work is in place. And then they advance money based on work and in place. Yep. So that's how, you know, it protects everybody's interest, not money just go missing out of thin air for no reason and nothing was done. And so I, you know, that, that practice I used very closely when I was building in around Oakville, uh, single family homes that were 4 million bucks, or we were doing um, infill projects at 20 townhouses. So the same things apply um, using trust companies, Olympia Trust and down in Turks and Caicos, another trust company on island and uh, papering that all up. So yeah, um, there you go. So it's exciting. And it's interesting to think about. And it has, like you just talking about Olympia Trust is that's kind of exciting because you can't, they won't lend in the US, but you know, because of the British thing, you get into some other things that I never even really thought about, but uh, that's very exciting. Um, that's why we're, that's why I kind of put that teaser out there. So, yeah. so again, I, I've got real property as well in Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, I've got the same scenario. I got a lot of debt equity. I can refinance truthfully. Yes, I can, but just, I'm, painting a picture for some property owners that are out there that maybe are maxed out on leverage with you know schedule a banks they can always access olympia trust investors and investors listening to this from tfsa's and rsps you can leverage against these properties you know secure them up to 100 percent loan to value yep. and uh in conjunction with that property owner come down to turks and and be a part of all this using registered funds and keep your cash for deals in Canada. And yeah. I never like to, I never like to influence people with too much of their cash. It's more how to use these registered funds and RSPs and use Canadian real estate and, and, you know, take it abroad, if you will, and the security being back in here. And, yeah. and similarly, uh, you know, securities, there's still, a, a corporation that's held with all these assets that you know there'll be shares issued yeah. um, accordingly and people be on title and like i say my motivation is to see these things up and running and get going and stop me even including in hamilton you know i kind of stopped doing things in the last uh, you know three months or so the prices are so high so and uh, and try this airbnb and and the burr strategy and yeah and the u.s dollars go usa <laughs> <laughs> robert if people wanted to uh get a hold of you track you down get some more information uh how do they do that uh probably the best way is uh by email okay yeah i think so and uh, reach out that way and my email is uh robert blake 100 at hotmail.com and uh <laughs> you know i can fill you in on what's going on and we can uh talk one-on-one -on -one and uh, you know i think you can appreciate this glenn you know i just want people to understand who i am and who they are and make sure there's a match yep. and people that are aligned for seeing this thing through and seeing for what it's worth it's uh, not pure return it is a lot of it's a big return in terms you don't have to write a check for a vacation so it's a little bit yeah. different personally used to it too yeah yeah and uh and and you know the airbnb side is exciting um 
as well and uh, partnering up with somebody that's more familiar with it than I am. But notionally, it's not difficult to conceive, right? You know, and uh, yeah. Well, cool. thank you for coming on the show, Robert. I, I really appreciate it. I think there was a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff there. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. And uh, anybody interested, just reach out and we, uh, we can see how uh, we, we marry up together. Perfect. Thanks again.